Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Bonjour, I'm Nathie Ravez, founder of La Workshoppeuse. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast dedicated to facilitators, leaders, managers, and anyone who wants to find out more about the keys, methods, and tips for leading a group towards great work. Today, I welcome a powerful woman with beautiful hair, but also an immense knowledge of how our brains work. She is a learning scientist, a learning design consultant, and a speaker who is currently touring in various conferences in the UK and Ireland. Her name is Lauren Weltman, aka Learning Pirates. I really enjoyed the recordings we had a few weeks ago, and I hope you'll enjoy it too. Let's go! Yes. Hello, Lauren! Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm so happy to see you. Your face with your beautiful hair and um, so happy to have you on the podcast. It's really nice to be here. It's such a great way to start my morning in Canada. I know that you're over in Germany. <gasps> yeah, it's your morning in Toronto. It's the, almost the evening in uh, Germany, but we found, we found a window where we can talk with each other. So very, very nice. Um, Lauren. You are a learning pirate. What yeah. a name. What a name. <laughs> a learning pirate. And when I read the subtitle on your on your LinkedIn profile, I see what a learning pirate is in your case. You are a learning scientist, a learning design consultant, a speaker, and a science translator who help us join forces for our brains. Yes. So this is so nice, this title, but I would love to hear how come uh, the names, how it comes to the names and what, who are you? Who are you? What is your background and what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing a lot, <laughs> but let's start. Let's start with the most popular question, which is uh, why the pirate? Why the learning pirates? And, you know, from everyone who's always asked me this, since I was a little girl, I have just been a very curious human being. <laughs> so I, I would say I got into a fair amount of trouble just wandering off and adventuring. I was very curious about things around me and just always chasing the adventures. So the pirate starts from when I was a little girl, but then as I evolved and then, you know, started the company, Uh, the pirate took on this sort of persona of, well, pirates were a little bit deviant as well. And they were, <laughs> they were known for being troublemakers. And if I wanted to help to be part of the evolution of changing learning with science, then I thought, why not be a pirate? Shake things up a little bit. So cool. This is really a cool name. And, um, and can you tell me what is your background? And what are you doing? So uh, my, my background is as a instructional designer and chief learning officer, you know, as my career progressed, um, the sciences came to me a little bit later in my career. 
Uh, but when neuroscience sort of came knocking on my, on my brain, uh, you know, it was game over. I, I could all of a sudden see everything that I was doing as a learning professional completely differently. And especially as an instructional designer, but I think for most people who have heard me talk about my story before, it was the profound impact that it had on me as a human being that really transformed yeah. everything that I knew, not only about myself, but the world and others around me. And I think that's what it comes down to is we talk about learning sciences and we talk about neuroscience and, and then we integrate it into learning and, and instructional design. But the brilliance is it's like getting operational pages of the manual of you. <laughs> so it's, it's fascinating. So now I work with um, every type of organization because everybody has a brain in them and all across the <laughs> world. And I get the honor of keynoting. I get the honor of upskilling teams um, in their abilities to design learning and understand the brain. I get to work with humans all around the world, teaching them about learning how to learn and more about those gorgeous brains of ours. Um, and I think probably one of the most honored uh, roles and titles I have is as a science translator um, and being able to not only have a phenomenal board of advisors um, on Learning Pirate who, who just help me learn on a regular basis, but for thousands, if not millions of scientists around the world who don't get the opportunity to have their research um, translated so that the general public can put it into practice. Um, it's an honor and a, and a privilege to do that on their behalf. Uh, this is fascinating. Um, doesn't mean you, you work most of the time with people from learning and development, or these are different kinds of people when you, you when you say you work with corporates or with teams what kind of teams uh, you work with I work a lot with the learning and development teams um, but this knowledge really can go anywhere um, I've worked with marketing and sales teams you know anyone who really has to learn and absorb learning to transfer it into their skills their knowledge their abilities or their behaviors and then that could be really be any function and any person. Um, I've worked with the academic institutions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, teachers, teachers need to learn these things too. <laughs> Students need to learn these things. Um, a lot of people have heard me say that I've been teaching uh, my niece since she was three. She, was, she saw brains floating around on my screen. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, well, this is your brain. Um, and now she's seven and she knows so much more than I ever did <laughs> when I was a kid growing up and learning. Um, so as, as much as I do work with the learning and development teams, I work with organizations to teach their people not how to learn because we all know how to learn. We just don't know how to learn yeah. better. And then how to join forces with their brains because a lot of the times us adults, we work against our brains. Yeah. This is a thing that uh, I'm not sure when you say uh, we know how to learn I'm not always sure about this um, with our children, for example. My, my daughter is now 21, but as she was 11, 12, 13, I could remember that I told her several times, you need to learn how to learn so that it gets in your head. Mm. And I'm not sure that there are teach really how to learn. 
they are teach that they have to learn, you know, by heart some stuff. And um, but are they teach to learn how to learn? I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not, and it's it's nobody's fault um, except for the fact that the education system itself, all around the world, yeah. is a model that's close to 300 years old. <laughs> so, and we just kind of went with it. like, And so once we're able to get into an evolution from that system and change that system a little yeah. bit, then we're going to start seeing massive differences in the ways that we interact with learning and the way that we're able to absorb learning. But not the part of the reason I do what I do. And when I started studying neuroscience, I had to realize I'm like, it was incredibly hard because I didn't know how to learn effectively. We're designed to learn. So I became my best. <laughs> <laughs> so you discover how to learn from yourself. So I think it was a big aha. And this was what, what catched you and wanted to get more and bring it, spread it to the world, right? The yard came later. Okay. The first part was, was frustration and, and sadness and overwhelm and why I'm an adult. Why don't I know this? How, why don't I, you know, understand how to do this better? Why is this so hard? Yeah. And I couldn't understand it. We know that learning can be hard, but I didn't understand it until I saw what learning looks like from the inside out mm -hmm. and the physical changes that have to happen in our brains in order to create these, you know, wire-like neural pathways that represent yeah. memory. This is, and it didn't make any sense to me until after I learned. And this is, um, this is one question that I saw on your website, um, Where the question was, what happens when neuroscience is translated into practical application and you can experience Ooh. and feel learning in a way you never knew? So I think this is exactly this question. What happened there? Whew. What didn't happen there? I think the most significant was my understanding and then being able to teach other people is we do work against our brains. We work against the system quite often and we push ourselves past its limits. So whether that's, you know, um, trying to stay focused and trying to, you know, work through frustration and just increasing our stress response, which removes our, you know, there's an inhibitory pathway between our emotional processing centers and our executive function and what that means is that if I am too stressed or if I'm over-emotional, it's cutting off part of my ability to think clearly. And yet here I am sitting at my desk going, no, I have to finish. No, I have to finish. And I'm not learning. I might be getting it done, but I'm not learning. <laughs> I'm not creating a memory. So that's one thing that I think we can all relate to is, you know, just pushing ourselves past those limits. Um, I think we all know in the past few years, all of us coming out of the pandemic, we had to experience and explore a whole new version of ourselves. And we went through many different versions <laughs> during those few years. Um, and I think we learned, we all learned a lot, but I wish that, you know, more people 
would have had the knowledge that, you know, even I did, or some of the, the other scientists, the researchers had, because just being able to breathe properly, to understand that focus is a skill and we can learn it. We can train our brains to be better at yeah. it. Um, that our emotions act or, you know, our, our emotions and our feelings, those are different. There's, there's different things. Emotions being our chemical responses, our neurochemistry and our feelings being those tangible things that we, we experience because of that chemistry being released in our brains. Wow. It's so interesting. It, it's great. And it resonates so much. You know, I'm a person who can sometimes, uh, when I want to do something, be done, I can hyper-focus for hours and uh, not noticing mm. that it's late in the night and that I actually should drink something or whatever. And then mm. you are completely stressed. And at the next day, you you don't know what you've done or not done because yeah you don't have the overview so i know that um there are things coming in the brain that you think in the moment this is the right thing but it's uh conduct by not the right um what is a sensor so to say and then that that yeah, you have to yeah. act to activate some other sensors that would make more sense to men make a break and then uh breathe mm. and then sleep and then start again And um, yeah, yes. so it, it resonates a yes. lot. And um, how brains are working and why is it important to understand it to, to improve our work, our relation to our environment and as a team member? What do you think? What, why is it not only important for us, but also for a team to understand it, what, what impact it has on uh, teamwork, for example. I'll give you a, a really great example, um, sort of piggybacking on what I mentioned uh, just before. So when we look at those, those two very powerful parts in our brains, which is the prefrontal cortex, where our executive function lives. Now, our prefrontal cortex is helping us to problem solve, to goal set, to focus, Um, it's regulating parts of our behavior um, and our emotions, but that other part, those other parts of our brain, the amygdala, which is where our emotional processing centers are, like I said, they can inhibit that. Now, if I'm sitting in a meeting and someone's getting agitated mm -hmm. or someone's getting frustrated and you can feel, we can all feel in the room. when the energy in the room yeah, <laughs> starts, to go, starts to go there. Now, If I were to share with everyone who's listening to this right now that that part of your brain, the emotional processing centers, can act four times faster than your executive function. Okay. Then we already know, okay, I need to do something because I've got like, there's a lightning bolt about to erupt. <laughs> now, very simple ways that we can start to downregulate that response is through, you know, breath. And now if I'm sitting in a meeting room, I'm not going to go into a full meditation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Mm. <laughs> Wait, I have to breathe. But something as simple, though, is just being aware of the way that you are breathing. Because if we know that we, you know, cortisol is being released and we can start feeling adrenaline and our heart rate might start accelerating, the natural reaction is we start, start breathing faster. Mm -hmm. But that's only going to keep the response going for longer. So if I can just sit there and 
you know, very subtly take a nice big breath through my nose and then release it very like just through like pursed lips. Maybe smile at the person across. From me. <laughs> at least at the very most, I can downregulate my reaction. Mm-hmm. So that's on my side of the table. But on that side of the table, I go, oh boy, they're about to, they're about to set fire. That part of their brain is in control right now. So that is power in that knowledge. Yeah. So I'm either going to remove us from that environment, remove myself from that environment, invite that person to remove themselves. But it's in knowing these things, just as a simple sort of like that kind of response, um, focus and attention as well. Often we sit through an hour long meeting and everyone, we end the meeting and everyone at that table uh, is like, okay, everyone, you know what you're doing? Okay, great. We'll see you next time. And people walk out of the meeting room. And I know I was an employee once too. I walk out of the meeting room. I turn to the person I walked out with and go, sorry, what was I supposed to be doing? (laughs) And this is where facilitators are coming in the room. (laughs) If you're a workshop facilitator and you're struggling to find your own value proposition, the type of workshop you really want to offer, the one that exactly meets the needs of the customers you'd like to work with, or if you want to refine your offering and make it more clear and attractive to your customers, book a free call with me so we can discuss how I can be a sparing partner in one-to-one sessions to guide you towards your ideal offer. All the contact information in the show notes. (laughs) So, yeah, it's so interesting. So these are some little techniques, actually, that you can teach, um, little but very important techniques that you can teach Hmm. To, to get your brain under control, no matter what happens in the rooms. And if I understood right, and if, um, if a team know what to do and how to react, then they, they know maybe better to collaborate, to, um, listen to each other and to really focus on, uh, what is said in a room, in a meeting or. Or during, yeah, during a session they have together. I think if knowing these things makes us more empathetic to the human yeah. condition. And I think that's where the real win is, is that we all have the same operational system, but they're not wired the same. <laughs> Our wiring is all different in there because we've all experienced different things. We've encountered, you know, we've got different behaviors. We feel, you know, we feel differently towards different things. So just the, but the, the pieces of the operational system are the same. And if we understand even that at a very basic level, no one has to go as deep in as I did. I went really far down in the rabbit hole. And I love, I love the role that I play as a, like as a learning scientist and a researcher. But I'm not encouraging people to do that because it takes an exceptional amount of time to learn and you know, to be able to translate accurately. But these fundamental things that we can learn from, you know, either translators like myself, um, some of my board members as well, Dr. Chris Lee, um, wonderful on on stress regulation and, and management, absolutely phenomenal. Dr. Celine Mullins on psychology and leadership. Um, Dr. Nick Hobson, one of the funnest and coolest behavioral scientists <laughs> I know, um, and and on you know just I could keep listing all of my board members that. They, uh, 
we're the people who can help bring this in a way that is not overwhelming and not intimidating. Because when we say, we're going to learn about your brain today, <laughs> they go, whoa, whoa don't touch my brain. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. Um, but then once, once we sort of, sort of, you know, rip that bandaid and say, it's okay, we're going to do it in a way that we can all understand. Right. You know, I like to give the examples of emotional, my own emotional regulation during the pandemic when, you know, we were very restricted, especially here in Toronto. Yeah. And I remember standing outside the supermarket and we, there was the glass windows standing outside the supermarket in like the line spaced line. But again, I hate to bring up this like very like, you know, stereotypical example, but it was the toilet paper. And I was watching people just grab toilet paper off the shelves. (laughs) Yeah, it was a... But because I could watch them do it and I was like, but I need toilet paper. Put that back. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) So I could feel my levels going up. I'm like, okay, it's okay. You do not have to get upset with someone who's like, trying to do the exact same thing you're trying to do yeah it was crazy i can remember this it was i think it was the same uh globally it was the same uh, reaction Uh, yeah it was quite funny how that that's the thing that we all got upset about (laughs) yeah we will talk together about joining forces with your brain but you were talking about meetings just before and of course i would like to make the link to facilitation Why facilitator, whose role is to guide a group from a starting point to an tangible outcome, why should workshopper or facilitators, whatever you call them, understand uh, how brain works? And this is actually exactly what you told before. I think people who are guiding a group of people... uh, whether it's uh, facilitators or leadership or managers, should understand how a person is uh, a person's brain is working, right? They should first understand their own. That's the more important <laughs> part. Understand your own because, like I said, it increases that empathetic level when you look at somebody else, and and, and you know you can just have a little bit more empathy as to maybe this is why they're reacting this way. And you can see past the tangible, um, whether it's someone's crying or they're just laughing really loud or or they're raising their voice and they're starting to get irritated and and agitated. You know, when I see that reactions, even on my day to day, when I'm just walking, walking down the street, you know, I kind of see in, it's almost like the matrix. I I look through the person's face and then just kind of see what's firing in there right now. And what chemical reactions are happening in order to produce this behavior or this, this, what I'm seeing in front of me. And even as I just did this, I was just so consciously aware my brain is sending a signal for me to move my hand. I'm, you know, I couldn't tell you how this is being done, but everything is being done up here and it's being sent through signals. And when you understand that, that's kind of like, okay, I can, I can sort of level the human playing field right now <laughs> as, excuse me, as facilitators and as those who create workshops, learning, um, it could be anything. I think where the magic really happens is in the way that you design that experience. Mm-hmm. True. 
And once you understand there's two parts here, it's the, which is why I love, I absolutely love designing learning because I design it scientifically with everything that I know. And it's very challenging and rewarding because there's so many things to choose from um, when you've got this knowledge. But once you're in that room or if you're doing it virtually, it doesn't matter how you're, how you're doing it. It's then we're seeing, like I said, you kind of see through the face in front of you on the screen and you're looking into that brain. So if I know that these people are, if they've traveled and they're dealing with jet lag, okay, that's one I've got, I've got people who are probably like, you know, their circadian rhythm is, is off. So I've got to like, think about that. Um, if it's the end of the day or midday, I'm like, okay, so we have, we go through these ultradian rhythms where we've got, you know, these times of where we can be more focused than others. I'm going to look at the time of day and I'm going to choose how to facilitate and what to facilitate based on all of these elements, all of these elements. Um, I've run facilitations, like I said, I've done global learning weeks where organizations have brought teams in from all around the world. And everyone's in a different time zone. And so was I. <laughs> I think I was on stage facilitating and it was three in the morning oh, for wow. me. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning there, but three in the morning for me. And I was like, anyone else? <laughs> All right. Like, <laughs> and, but knowing these things, right? Knowing about our circadian rhythms, knowing how sleep impacts our ability to, to function cognitively, um, how our general homeostasis how, you know, have we eaten enough? Do we have, you know, the body and, and the brain needs water? Have I stood up in the last 30 minutes or is the blood that I need in my brain right down to my butt now? <laughs> Do I need to get up? It all plays a role in how we facilitate, how we design facilitation, but also how we monitor the people in the room as well and how we are able to check in with them. Yeah, and how are we able also to improvise in case you see that the energy in the room is maybe uh, not that high after, I don't know, after yeah. lunch or something, or when you see that a group of people actually need more time to, because they maybe meet one time in a team retreat and normally they are remote and uh, yeah. they, they want to enjoy more and they need to talk actually. And you plan to have, 30 minutes for an activities and you see, okay, you should do it longer than you, that you can mm. feel it and also improvise and have a plan B maybe to, to do that. So you need to feel it or mm. you need to understand what happens in the room, I guess. And the more you know yeah, about brains, about the more you understand. Yeah. Also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about joining forces with your brain. You you had such a great trailer about this. I loved it. <laughs> I love the trailer. So can you tell tell what it is about? This is a this is a training you're given for who and what do you get when you do this training? Joining forces with your brain um, is a online journey. I don't like the word course. Oh, sorry. You can call it a course, but I won't. Yeah. No, you didn't. You didn't, but others do. <laughs> um, so I, I call it a journey. Now this is, um, I also call it uh, my symphony. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like a conductor 
when I was designing this. Um, and it is an online interactive uh, journey to learn about your brain and to learn about learning. So you're getting to know about your operational system. You get to do all of these amazing experiments because it's incredibly interactive, mm-hmm. uh, as I think you've, you've seen. Um, and it was my way to try to make all of this research and knowledge accessible to everyone and anyone who wanted to learn it. We've had people um, go through the videos who are, you know, sport coaches. We've got um, their eight and nine-year-old children who busted really? in the room <laughs> while they were, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I get it. I love when the kids see it because they, they're like, oh my God. Um, the best question from a kid, from one of the, one of the children I got was, is she a good pirate or is she a bad pirate? <laughs> um, but the, the range of people who have engaged with this series has, has really, it's not just for one person. It's if you have a brain and I believe we all do. Um, and if, if you'd like to explore it, but learn how to work with it, that's why I said you're joining forces with it. And then I'll, I show you things like all oh, different methodologies and strategies while you're learning. And that could be learning for anything. Mm-hmm. That's what the series is about. But the production level is very high. So that's why it's, uh, it's not your typical, you know, course as, as we say on it's the site. It's a learning experience um, and learning journey. It's, it's a journey, but I think you also, there's so many unexpected because I'm a character. I just, I love having my own fun and I love doing silly things just to like push the limit. So I, there's, there's experiments that we engage in, but um, I mean, I'll spoil, spoiler alert for anyone who's going to watch it. Like I was on set the first day going around, like scaring people <laughs> and like pranking people. Yeah. And that's in the series. <laughs> so we had a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of novelty in it as well. So um, I, yeah, it was the way that I could make this knowledge um, accessible to a global community. Very, very nice. Um, I will put, of course, in the show notes all the information about joining forces with your brain, about how to contact you, uh, maybe about the communities you're active in, because I I think mm-hmm. you're in different community. What in which kind of communities are you in? Um, I support a lot of the the learning communities. So um, we've got uh, a lot of them are uh, in yes. Europe. So we've got the the Ellen D. Yeah, from Anna Maria. We've got the the <laughs> Anna Maria. We've got the Offbeat community uh, community with Lavinia. Yeah. Um, we just announced this mm-hmm. week. Uh, I'm partnering with the Offbeat community, and we are offering the first ever uh, science of learning and learning design programs. Oh, nice. So that's the the big announcement for for this week, and. Um, Yeah, I, I support nearly all of the independent learning communities that I possibly can. <laughs> This is nice. <laughs> Because they deserve yeah. it. Yeah. This is nice. Thank you so much, Lauren. It was such a pleasure first to meet you. Uh, our pleasure. first call, it was a click. And um, I'm very happy that you make the time to come 
to this podcast. So thank you so much. It is my pleasure. You know, as we as we say, it says the, we get the yar, which is that you are yeah. really ready. Whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, your evening, you're going shopping. You are really ready. <laughs> thank you very much, and uh, see you soon in the communities and um, and in everything that you are doing. Joining forces with your brain, and I wish you. Yeah, to continue and to see you everywhere in the learning and development field and world. Well, I hope to come to you. I've, I've yet to come to Germany. So uh, for any of my, my friends over in Germany and Berlin and Munich, I'm, I'm absolutely dying to come and explore your country. So let's, let's find a way to do we that. Will. <laughs> the pirate will come to Germany. Bye-bye. <laughs> and thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> ciao, ciao. If you'd like to find out more about Lauren, you'll find all the contact details in the information notes. You'll also find the link to her Joining Forces With Your Brain training. The first 25 minutes are free, so don't hesitate. Go for it and see what it is. In the next episode, I'll be welcoming Sandy Pretza, who visited me making this a recorded face-to-face -face episode Sandy is an OKR coach and consultant and she'll be talking about her work with teams and the challenges they solve with her as their guide. She's really passionate about her work. It was a big pleasure to listen to her. So I hope you will tune in. And until then, I wish you success, good health and lots of happiness. Au revoir.